talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And we are back with Messy Christianity. Brent, Kevin, good afternoon-ish. Good day, good evening, and good night. It's almost afternoon. Hey, today's topic, how do we know God's will? Um, topic we've talked about before, I guess in multiple different ways, but it's really really a, a question that's always on our mind, at least a lot of people's minds, uh, especially for the younger folk who are 18, 20, even 16. I know my son Josh is 17, and he's he's asking that question, um, you know, at least to a degree. When you're graduating high school, you got to start trying to figure some stuff out. Do you remember those days graduating and, and the whole the pressure of feeling like you had to had to know the answer to the universe at that moment. That was a tough time. Good news, kids. You really don't have to know yeah. everything. But yeah. but a little bit's good. And you probably won't even know right. everything when you're our age at 45-ish. No. no well, y'all are almost 50, but... I'm over 50. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. And you don't learn everything when you get 50, so... No, you know. And, you know, I think you just realize that you don't have to know everything. Yeah, right. And, and you, you just kind of kind of resign yourself to the fact that a little bit of yeah. ambiguity is good. Yeah. But... God is not a God who wants to remain a mystery. We know that in His Word. He, he wants to make Himself clearly known to us. But the question is, how do we know what He wants? I mean, we can read the Bible, we can know specifics of who He is, but that doesn't help us when it comes to, should I take a vacation or should I go take this job? That's, that's much more intangible. How, how do we know these things? What are, what, what are our steps? What do we, what do? We do? Well, one of the things that we pray for on a regular basis is that I encourage people to pray for is the peace of God, the shalom of God, the peace that passes understanding. And then if we're passionately pursuing Jesus and asking right question, asking God questions, I think that allows us a step toward being able to answer that question in an intelligent and perspective and a Christ-centric perspective. Um, you know, why why do we want to know God's will? And how do I even know if I'm pursuing God's will? You know, that's that's almost a starting point, um, because it's the intentionality behind it. Is it even a choice that I'm making? Am I thinking about? And is the only time that I'm thinking about it after something negative is happening, and I'm trying to fix whatever it was that was negative or didn't go right in my life, and I'm trying to tweak it? Now I'm pursuing God, in which He answers us in those times. Thank you, Jesus. He does that, but it's not to that exclusion. It truly is living a lifestyle of passionately pursuing and asking and chasing after Him through which we start to to feel that peace. And peace, for me, is a, is not a it's something that, that Jeff spoke about yesterday in, in the sermon about feelings and, um, and thinking. I don't want to come across that it's a feelings-based perspective that we're trying to answer. You know, I've got peace because I feel good in the moment. That's not what what shalom is. That's not mm-hmm. the peace that passes understanding. It's that contentment because I've reviewed the Scripture and I know the Scripture and I've meditated on God's Word, and that becomes an outpouring of who I am. And as I'm walking in this, this holiness and this pursuit of Him, I get that peace that in this situation, something's not right, and so I don't do it. Or, or this, this is right. This is, this is peace. That's a watered-down version of what I'm trying to say anyway. Yeah, and you know, I think that we have to come to the realization that um, God is at work, and, mm-hmm. and He is 
he is building his people. So if, if, if I know Jesus, I have to recognize the fact that I'm not complete yet, and part of him completing me, which will last a lifetime, is him moving me step by step through life. So knowing his will for my life is a huge question, probably too big to ask. Knowing my next step or knowing his will for my next step is mm-hmm. the better question. And something you mentioned a minute ago that I had, I had not even thought about is the motive behind wanting to know his will. Is the motive that I just want to know so that I don't have to be unclear anymore? Or is it be, I want to know so I can please God? That's a big difference. It is. Because one is self-centered and the other one is the glory of God-centered. Um, and obviously we would want to be where, okay, I want to do what... Because if, if he shows you his will, would, he, would we do it? Mm. That, that's the thing that I, I've asked people before. I said, mm-hmm. okay, you want to know God's will, but have you said yes already? Or are you waiting to know what it is before you give him an answer? Because if, if that's the case, why would he give you his, his will if he knows you're going to say no anyways? Why, why would he do that? Yeah, I, the the question was, uh, how do I know the will of God? Um, I think that was the original question. Yeah, yeah, basically. But, so, and I think you're starting to hit there, but bef- I'm about to go old school on this here. Old <laughs> school. We need but a, I, a, pl- a sound effect. Old, old school. school. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, typically, when we're asking that question, we're asking, you know, God, do you want me to marry this person? God, do you want me to go to this college mm-hmm. or this college? Do you want me to go this career or or change jobs or stay in this. We're asking, you know, specific questions that typically is what people mean when they ask that question. The deeper underlying of that would be, um, are we doing the things to prepare ourselves for hearing what that answer is? So are we, are we at a place where we're emptied enough to receive any answer, whatever the answer may be? And are we doing the things that we already know are in the will of God? Are, this is the old school part. Are we doing the things, um, how is, how is our, our life? How is our, how is a sin life? You know, are we living in a, in a habitual type of sin situation where God's going, you know what my will is, is for, let's work on this part yeah. of you, you know? Um, Why don't you so, just do what I've already told you? Right, yeah, I mean, so, so <laughs> Why it's Why do like, you need new information? And, and it's not like, like you say, God's not mysterious, he's not trying to hold something back, but you know, somebody may be asking, God, do you want me to marry this person? And God's actually looking at it going, I want to work on your character. <clears throat> yeah. It may be this person, but but you're not ready, you know? I mean, so we, I don't know. I, I just, I, th- those are the kind of things that, they're not really how to know the will of God, but they are really the, they are the things like how do I prepare myself to know the will of God, and that sounds like a long play, and I guess it kind of is, but it's really so essential because because I know you guys have had this too. I've had so many people in my office. I would say teenagers, but adults as well, who've come in and said, you know, I'm really struggling with what God wants me to do in this type of situation, and just to be honest, sometimes it's the person that's coming in has been somebody that hasn't been around the church doors for a month. Yeah, you know, and that, and that sounds brutal, but my first thing is put yourself around God's people. You know, how's your time? Are you are you in the Word? You know, are you spending time in the Word of God? Because He's laid out a lot of this stuff already. Yeah, I want this you is, to answer the question. Yeah, I want you to answer the question. I need to be asking yeah. of of God. Right. Yeah. And and so and this is the old school part, but you put yourself in the place to hear God's will when you put yourself in the place to hear God's will. So, you know, we live in such a microwave thing where we want to just know what we know. We want to know right now, God, tell me, just tell me. And God's saying, no, I want to work on you. 
I want to I want to work on some other stuff. And have you noticed how how we despise the struggle? We don't want to struggle. We don't want to wrestle. We want to know now. Yeah. And we want to jump through the pain. And the reality is, we we don't grow in the uh, in the the happy weather. We grow in the, in the pain. That's just I, I hate that. Yeah. But that's just the way it is. We learn more from struggle. Yeah. And and two we. We think we have it all figured out. So how many times in our lives, our personal lives, have we thought we knew, and then it was the complete and total wrong path, and God just said, no, let's go over here. you know. And I may have struggled to get over there, because I'm like, no, I'm supposed to go over here. And Do you think God leads us to dead ends sometimes, just so we can experience are, that branch of the I don't know, the lead, lead maybe, allow maybe. but And then balancing the difference between testing. You know, God gives us tests. We're not tempted by God, but He does present yeah. tests, yeah. Uh, which develop perseverance, character, hope, hope. these yeah. type of things. As we're talking, one of the verses I've been sharing with a few teenagers lately that came back to my mind. So I want to share this really quick because I think this ties in with grasping the will of God. Because as both of you were saying, our focus tends to be what is the will of God in a specific situation. And we do not have the correct foundation, because I think it's a both end. Mm-hmm. It starts with the correct foundation of the will of God, and then through that, we can determine and help determine the correct um, will of God for a specific situation. And here's a foundational aspect that I'm talking about. Paul's writing, or Paul is speaking, rather, in Acts chapter 17, verses 24 through 27. So the first two verses here is Paul's declaration of who God is. So listen to this. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. He does not live in temples built by human hands. He is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. So he's he's declaring again the enormity of who God is. We need to grasp Mm -hmm. that. If I want to know the will of God, i got to grasp how big he is. Mm -hmm. Okay? Second thing that he says in this next sentence is, or next verse, is what God did. Here's what God did. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one person, from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And here's what he talks about us specifically. He marked out their appointed time in history and the boundaries of their land. So that's truth for generations past, but that's also truth of what God did in us. He placed you and me in this specific point in history for a purpose and marked out the boundaries of our land. Now, the why. And this is the foundational part that I think we can we can grasp when grasping the will of God. This is why he did it. Paul said, God did this so that they, being us, would seek him. Hmm. Seek him. And perhaps reach out for him. Mm. How beautiful is that? Mm. The, the intentionality. So pursuing the will of God requires us reaching out as that little mm-hmm. child learning to walk reaches out their hand yeah. toward that parental unit to hold their hand, to help them keep their balance. So God did that so that we would see him and through seeking him, perhaps reach mm-hmm. out for him and find him, though 
He is not far away from any of us. So the second part of that foundation is that God is not far away, even though in our humanity and our frailness and our brokenness, we feel like God's a million miles mm-hmm. away. He really is as close as that child mm-hmm. reaching out their hand to grab mom and dad's finger to hold on to. That's how close God is. But to discover his will is that foundation that we need to be walking hand in hand. Our little hand wrapped around his big finger. And if we are living that type of lifestyle, then answering the questions or trying to figure out the questions of God's will in a specific situation doesn't miraculously happen, but it's a whole lot easier. It's a whole lot easier to wrestle with that than not having that foundation of grasping his finger to begin with. I think when you grasp that hand, you've, you've made it to a moment in life where you, you you kind of are humbling yourself and going, I, I thought I had this figured out, but you know what? I'm going to reach out for the hand of God. <laughs> it's like you've kind of come to that place where you're like, I need my daddy at this point, um, which is a good place. And if we live that type of lifestyle, mm-hmm. then the struggles of life and answering those questions, one, are not as difficult, but they're easier to answer, easier to grasp, and easier to take to the throne. Yeah. You know, and you start pursuing God's will in a specific situation. Well, if you've got a firm foundation of who you are in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. as a Christ follower, then the avenue and, and the peace of God that we were talking about earlier, it's a little bit easier to, to gravitate but, yeah. toward that and, and pursue that and be able to answer those questions. Still not may not be a definitive, I go to this college or this college, but the peace that, that is bound in that, it's like, you know, I'm not as worried about the answer as I would have been if I didn't have that firm foundation. I still need to know it, yeah. and I still need to figure this out. But the piece of God's got this, I'm gonna be okay. it's going to be yeah. a little bit yeah. easier yeah. to ban- maintain that and, yeah. and uh, live that lifestyle. Yeah. So for somebody struggling with, how do I know God's will in this situation? Or, you know, I just want to know what His will is for the next year, you know, whatever. And depending on the age, it, it'll be a different kind of question. Um, I would say the start with the question of, for that person, do I believe God is good? Yes. That's because knowing the character of God will determine how much we trust what we hear. Right. Because if we fundamentally believe God is not good, which is not what the Scripture says, it's totally the opposite, then we're going to be listening with a skeptical ear. Right. And we have to be able to believe that He is, like you mentioned, He's our Father. He is a Father who is a good God. He is faithful. He is just. He is kind. You know, all of these things. Um, and the second question is, what do I already know What's obvious now that I'm not already doing? You know, I don't think God is going to jump ahead of what you already know. Mm-hmm. I think that obedience in the little things is the beginning point. Then the question of what are my motives? Why do I want to know this? Why do I care what God thinks? Do I just want him to answer the question so I don't have to wrestle anymore? Or do I really want to do what's pleasing to him? Um, and then how am I seeking? How am I, how am I asking these questions? Well, we know that the Word is the starting point. We tend to want humans to answer the God questions for us. We don't want to have to be still and know that He is God. We want to go to the preacher, or we want to go to the counselor, or we want to go to the guru and say, answer these questions for me. That way I can, I can jump ahead of the line. And right. God doesn't work that way. I mean, he, he, uh, hopefully the people that are being asked are wise enough to say, what kind of searching have you already done? You know, I'm not in any way saying we should not ask godly people and wise people. No, that should be a part of it. In fact, those are the only ones we should be asking. Yeah, yeah, for real. 
Um, but when the scripture says, search for me and you will find me when you search with all your heart, mm-hmm. if you're just asking the guru, you're not searching with all your heart. Right. You're, you're, just, you're just going to the easy way. And then the, the last thing is your yes on the table. You know, say yes to God before you know what the, 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 what, what the answer is. Answer yeah. is. And if you'll do that, you will genuinely be in a position to hear from God what he wants from you. And we have to assume that, you know, I always go back to this in my ministry. I've said this multiple times because I believe it's the case. If we perceive that God is just out to make our lives miserable, that skews the equation right off the bat. You know, God's not just looking to send us to Africa. Right. (laughs) Whatever he wants to do in us, that is where we will find the most joy. Because, if I could say it this way, this is what we were created to do. Mm-hmm. Now, we've had this conversation before. There, You are created to be, and you're created to do. Is that kind of the mm-hmm. terminology? Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. And c- can you expound upon that a little bit? Um, sure. I think when I ask people the question, who have you been created to be? The majority of times, I receive an answer of what they've been created to do, right. I, not created but called. So, who, what are you called? Who are you called? Who have you been created to be, and what have you been called to do? And when I ask the question, "Who have you been created to be?" the majority of responses is, "This is what I've been called to do." So, mm-hmm. who have you been created to be? I've been created to be a good father. No, you've been called to be a good father. I've been created to be a good, uh, a big good husband. I've been created to to do this, to do that, uh, to tell the world about Jesus, to, uh, to to preach, to teach, to guide, to lead, to to study, and all of these are great do things, but none of them are wrestling with who you've been created to be. And so when we put this do list as a priority, as the main focus, before we grasp the identity of who we are under the B category, we're going to be stuck on this do list, this works-based list of I'm not, I'm never doing enough. I always need to be doing more. And, and when, when we're able to, to grasp the identity aspect of who we're created to be in the image of God, God's chosen child, boy or girl, his his adopted heir, and we could talk about adoption. Oh my goodness, in in, in the scriptural realm, of what that really means, uh, you know, adopted as the prince, as the princess. That's a totally different perspective because. I know for me in my life, so often I was approaching the throne as a ragged orphan child. And God looked at me and and encouraged me and said, you're not an orphan child. You're my adopted son. You are a prince. Come, wear the cloak, wear the crown, because you are now adopted as a Christ follower. You are adopted into my family. And there's nothing that can separate you, but when I'm when it's a works-based mentality uh, of, of of a do list, I'm just doing 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 because I want to earn Daddy's approval. I want to earn the salvation that He gave. I want to I want to make it worthwhile the the sacrifice that He made. I'm going to do everything I can. Those are beautiful, but when that becomes the priority over just being His child, who He's called you uh, to be, it, it gets things out of whack. Does that answer yeah, your question? Yeah, I mean, that's a whole—I could talk well, on but, that for hours. And we really should, because I think that is the bigger question in this in this uh, topic of how do, how do I know God's will? We want to know what we do, what we're supposed to do, before we know what we're supposed to be or who we're supposed to be. Who we and, are. And that's backwards. Yep. Uh, Brendan Manning, um, I, was, I was listening—yeah, I was mm-hmm. listening to him uh, in, in a— 
uh, talking. I, I can't remember the, the location or, or where I saw it, but he, he posed the question, and I think he was talking with um, uh, Rich Mullins, mm-hmm. and, and this, I believe, revolutionized Rich Mullins' faith and life. He basically said the question that God is going to ask is, is not the question we think. It's not what did you do for me. It's not how did you live. The question is, did you know how much I loved you? Because that is the question that the answer to that question determines all the other questions. Mm. Did you know how much I loved you? Because if you did and you re- you responded to that, the obedience part, I mean, Jesus said it, if you love me, you will obey my command. Well, how do we love God? Well, we love God be based on a reciprocation of his love for us. Right. I want to obey God because he loved me. I mean, there's no greater love. Why would I want to disobey someone who's loved me exponentially more than I can even put into words? So it, it's a much more deeper conversation. It's a it's a deeper question. Who has God created me to be? So I think that is that is the the, the question of the day. Um, you know, you think a lot of a lot of the things we do in life, a lot of things we do, the do part of it, they're they're based upon. Um, this may take done a another road but they're we based, love rabbit but they're they're based upon a heart issue that we have like so in other words somebody may really pursue a very high paying profession because they are trying to compensate for something in the past where they they felt like they weren't worthy or we see somebody who wants to become the best parent they can possibly be, be because their childhood was so bad they're, they're you know so it's a compensation and and that's a lot of the do that we have it's not based upon a god and so as we pull back and go who am i who are who am i really in the eyes of god that that does change the lens completely and so the person that says hey i want to be a caregiver because nobody's ever cared for me that i mean that's a that's a pure motivation that that a lot of people have a lot of people are in caregiving professions because of neglect that they've had in their past but they could be in the wrong field altogether if they really knew who their identity was in Christ. And so th- th- <laughs> that's another old rabbit I realized, but man, that's well, the heart wait, of that. So what, what, would, what would be tweaked inside your mind if you were to stand in front of a mirror and figuratively see a crown and a robe hmm. upon you? And realize in that moment that you truly are a prince or a princess yeah, adopted. Yeah. How does that empower right, you? Right. Because if we do ministry, if we live life, and I've did it, done it for years, yeah. of proving, of of proving it and working yeah. harder on the do list, it it messes everything up. And think about how the evil one operates. Oh my goodness, there is almost like a a veil. That, that you can't see through this dark tapestry separating the bee from the dew, and the evil one is fine and okay with you doing mm-hmm. yeah. when you have sure. no idea of of the B side because your doing is working yourself to death. You're never satisfied. You're never content. It's never enough. But if you're able to lift up that veil, walk through that veil and see the B side of who you are, who you've been created to be in the identity of Christ, in the eyes of God himself, then you walk into the wholeness and fullness of who you are and hell itself starts to shake and tremble because of the power that is released in the name of Jesus into the world. Mm. It, I mean, it, it's it's earth-shattering. 
And now you think about the prince and the princess who's going into battle knowing in the spiritual realm that they've already won, that their king is yeah. the king of the kings, the Lord of lords, and that's their daddy. Right. Their big brother is Jesus, who's riding the white horses and leading the charge, and we get to participate with him. The empowerment in in the spiritual realm of things, oh my word, it, it just it 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 explodes. Yeah. It's incredible. But do you find that most people aren't living in that reality? Absolutely, they're, they're living with their eyes essentially looking at what's right before them. And and you know when I when the scripture says lift up your eyes, I think that's what he's talking about, saying look. You can't ignore the fact that you are in a world that is temporary, that is mm-hmm. laced with troubles and trials and tribulations and joys and sorrows and all those things, but we really do have a citizenship in heaven. It's a different way to live. You lift up your eyes, and even though you see what's in front of you, you're seeing past it. it it's like when you're driving. You're not just looking right in front of you. You're, you're looking at the mm-hmm. the long vision of, okay, what's down the road? At least you right. should be looking at that. And that's what we're called to do. We're supposed to be looking up towards the heavens, and that's where hope plays a part. Hope is not, I hope one day, maybe possibly. Mm, It's this expectation of a promise that is yet to be fulfilled, something that is guaranteed Mm -hmm. to come. And that goes back to the nature of God. If you don't believe God is good, you don't have hope, or you have a a wavering hope. Um, You know, being able to see beyond just what's now is, is, is critical. And I think that's what you're talking about, to a degree anyways, that, that you're speaking of, of living in a, with a different mindset. It's a different vision. Our, our eye, it's literally, in the spiritual realm, the spiritual scales off our eyes are falling off the way in the reality scale, the, in, in the reality of the world, the way Paul's eyes scales fell off his eyes. That can happen to us in the spiritual realm. And that's, that's the essence of it. When I grasp who I am, am in Jesus, because I, I just think about the way that we talk about Christianity as a whole, and leading people to the cross, leading people to Jesus, it, it's the truth of, the, of what Jesus did, it's the truth of salvation, it's the truth of giving my heart and my life to Him. And I'm a new creation. I'm a new creature. I'm not the same as I was yesterday. My passions are different. My wiring is finally alive in the things that are in tune with God. But it, it, it's, I'm trying to visualize the, 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 of, of how do we either go under the veil or rip the veil in two so that I can actually see myself the way God sees me. And I think maybe that's even part of the prayer as, as we're asking you know what is it the god what is your will for my life god how do you see me how help me to see myself the way that you see me as brendan manning said uh, how do i god show me how to grasp the love that you really have for me i mean i see it in scripture i know what you did intellectually i know this we teach so much on the intellectual scale on on the intellectual frame of reference but it's the it's the frame that we just can't grasp. The the frame that it's just feels like it's just out of reach. It's just out of touch. This this spiritual realm, the spiritual reality, I just I can't quite grasp it. God help me to see, to hear, to experience myself the way that you have joy over me and love over me and 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 fill me. 
we all need to metaphorically lay on the couch <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the psychologist's office, but, but God's the psychologist. And, you know, you mentioned looking forward, looking to the future, looking at kingdom mindset, but there's a looking back too. Why, yeah. why do I do what I do? You know, why, why, everything about me. What, so, you know, the leader that says, you know, I'm walking a room and I, I'm just in charge. Why are you like that? I mean, this, this is a good question. God's created some people to be leaders, but but why are you like, what's motivating? And so <laughs> it gets deeper, but what is causing all this stuff? And is, am I in the person I'm supposed to be? So, and we're going to continue this podcast. We have somebody walking in the <laughs> building right now, but where are we at on time? Uh, we're actually right on time. So let's do it another time. And thank you for coming to Messy Christianity. We appreciate you uh, listening to the podcast. We hope that you will do so again. Subscribe and share. God bless. We'll see you on the flip side. Later, guys. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. Want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.